0: Welcome to Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. Today, I'm sharing with you a recent training I presented about the importance of measuring your day in minutes and what thinking about your time differently can really mean for your life and your business. So enjoy the show.
1: There's some timeless challenges that we always are going to have, and that's people, money, and time. And so today, I really want to talk about the challenges that people are going to have around time. I mean, when is time not an obstacle if we make it an obstacle? And so really today, I want to talk about um, how do you measure your day in minutes? And for me, really where this came from was um, when I started getting extremely productive, I would use the term, and just had a lot of meetings and draws to my attention, I really started looking at, okay, how do I literally measure my day in minutes? How do I start making sure that while I'm on, which I'm going to show you this, what I really mean by this is that, we all, it doesn't mean you measure your day. If you're, if you're set up a time for like five o'clock and on, I want to be unstructured. You don't need to measure your day in minutes. Then you're designed to be unstructured, but when you are walking into your office, you're walking into your zoom room or your home office, right. And you're going to start engaging in work or whatever your activity is. You should be in it. You should be measuring day in and minutes. And, and when you start looking at it this way, then you just don't allow this kind of lackadaisical time during the time that's structured for you to be focused. That's what I want you to hear. That's the, the, the crux of this. It doesn't mean you walk around your entire life being so rigid and disciplined that like you can't move a minute around. No, no, no. I'm just saying that from the onset, if you start measuring your day in minutes, you start to get very purposeful on your time when you're supposed to be working. And when you're not supposed to be working, don't measure it at all. And the one thing that I really love about a morning routine is that even if you... Every morning you get your morning routine done and then you hit your your one thing or the, the main obstacle or main challenge or main goal that you have that day that you need to hit ie your one thing. then if you say two o'clock and you get just distracted and the kind of rest of the day kind of goes out from underneath you and you kind of get to like, wow, you know that kind of day got away from me. The next morning it snaps you back into measuring your day in minutes. That's why it's really important because what happens is when we when we when we hold a line for using time effectively, We'll go a couple days, maybe in a row, and then we'll have a, a distraction or a lackadaisical day that kind of got away from us. And we go, oh, that kind of felt good, does not have to do anything or whatever it was. And then we kind of leak that over into the next day, and we, then we start letting go of our structure, which is why if you always have a, a centered morning routine, whatever that means for you, it can be a bunch of different things for anybody. I'm not going to talk about that today. But as long as you have that centered, what it does is it pulls you back into I get up at X time, right? I get up at 4, 4.30 or 6, whatever that is. And this is what I do. And I start my day. I start measuring it in there. At the time, then I have some free time with my kids before I go to work. You're not measuring during the 30 minutes you have free time. Then at 8.15, if you have to leave to be somewhere, then that's what you do. But during the time you do it always brings you back to, okay, I want to accomplish more than others. And it's not that I need to work more. What it really comes down to is that I'm going to be more purposeful with the time that I have. I'm going to be very, very purposeful with the 24 hours that are here. It's time is not the cheat. We all have 24 hours in a day. So we don't just make up more time. Like you can create more money, right? But the thing is you can't create more time. So the way I want you to kind of think about this from measuring your day in minutes is going back to the original Pareto principle, which is 20% of my time should produce 80% of my results. That's the starting position. 20% of my time should produce 80% of my results. So for example, if you have a 50 hour work week and 20% of a 50 hour work week is 10 hours, right? So that means did 10 hours of my week produce 80% of my results? And if you're, and that's kind of how you start measuring your day in minutes. That's that real structured moment in the morning, right? To be very purposeful, to get that done, that those two or three hours that I'm working that day are producing 80% of my results, Right now, you have a whole bunch of other things you got to do, and you get to them. I understand that, but the majority of it is you look at if it's not, if those two or three hours are not producing the majority of the results, that's when you go back to start doing the magic word called no. <laughs> you start having to say no to a lot of things. Because when you're saying yes to a lot, you're saying yes to a lot, and you're forgetting the Pareto principle, which is that 20% of my time is producing 80% of my results. And I would go on to say that you can actually expand this a lot further, where not a a ton further, but you can expand it. Once you get to 10 hours of your week, again, using a 50-hour work week as an example, is producing the the, the mass of that, then you can work on other things. But Then you can say, well, how about 15% produces 85%. Right, So as you start growing your business, you can pull it down and say, well, how about 85% of my, of, of my results come from 15% of my time? And what about 90%? Can you get to 90%? Right, So that you're only working on the, the couple key things that are going to push the organization forward the most. Then you have free time and ability time to read books and do the things that you need to do to get more input in this. But let's just take a step back. In order to start moving our way to, to gaining more time, The way you gain more time is to say no to a lot of things, right? Warren Buffett is crossing quote. He said, I'm much more proud of the 99 things that our organization said no to than the one thing that we said yes to. And the thing that's really hard for entrepreneurs and owners and and just individuals is that there's there's this pull to say yes to things that have the potential to make money. In fact, not even just the potential, that most likely would, right? So for instance, like at some point, if you're, average sales price in real estate let's just say you're selling real estate in this example is 300,000 but you're saying yes to things that are 150 i understand that those can make you money and maybe in the beginning you originally start saying yes to those but at some point if you don't say no to those you're not going to have more time to say yes to the 300,000 or more time to regenerate for the $400,000 buyer so you have to say no to something that even is making you money in order to advance your ability to use time more effectively It's the same thing with people. It's the same thing with systems. You just keep reverting back to this of, are we focused on the right thing? So what does our organization have to say no to to get aligned of saying yes to, right? Even for our construction and development firm, one of the things that's been very clear to us on this is that we're building a lot of luxury homes. They take a tremendous amount of energy, time, commitment, cash, all these things. And as an organization, we just said, you know what? We, I really love luxury homes. We love to build them. But we're as an organization, we're gonna start saying no to all of that. We're not gonna get involved in any developments that are luxury homes. We're gonna say yes to only a, a much more of a semi-customer production style home so that we can then scale that, not just in Vermont, but outside of it. But we need to build that model and get away from something else that is profitable, that is an awesome product, but we're gonna do this so we can advance the whole organization forward. Just to give you another example of that, right? So you're gonna to have to, you're gonna to have to learn to start saying no to things that even though they're profitable, that are going to free up you or your staff's time so that you can actually focus on other things that are higher impact or that move the organization forward more. And it's very difficult to do. And this is why, by the way, businesses get stuck in this pattern of not using time effectively. Because what you're doing is you're saying, well, I don't have any time. And I get it. When you're approaching life that way, you're not going to have any time because you keep saying yes to everything. <laughs> you keep saying yes to the same things. But then you go, I need to get out, but I don't have time. I need to get out, but I don't have time, right? So you just get caught in this like hamster wheel <laughs> until somebody like the other hamster gets off and goes, dude, what are you doing? They're like, I'm, I'm spinning. I'm going somewhere. I'm going over here. And you're going, dude, you're just spinning around, right? You're just spinning. You're like, but I'm going somewhere. I'm going to get there. And you're like, I'm not. I don't think so. You're just spinning around, right? And again, that's why you, that's where plus or minus most businesses stay within where they are because they're unwilling to either go backwards for a month or two or six months in order to go forwards. Like if you want to jump on a trampoline, you need compression downward that throws you upward, right? The really cool thing though, whether you're pulling back a bow or you're jumping on a trampoline, the minute you start putting energy on the, the, the geometric push upwards, you have to go downwards first. Once you start having that spring, like once you push down a trampoline, there's no stopping your trajectory. This is why you see organizations that look very similar for a year or two, and then all of a sudden just go, boom. What what you missed was during that year or two or three years or four years or five years, depending on how big you're growing, is that they were going down. And now all of a sudden they went down, 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 even more and more, pulling the bowl back even more even more even more. And then all of a sudden when they let go, they went, the more the bull, the, the bow is pulled back the more force you're going to go forward with. So then when you let go of it, the whole organization just skyrockets. That's that when businesses refer to that geometric growth phase, right? Or the just like this. And there's no stopping that company. You can't stop the company because they've been building this, this energy behind it to push it up through people, through models and systems. So this all has to relate to you saying no and saying yes to one or two things. You know, when Apple came back um, or Apple. When Steve Jobs came back to Apple in 97, Apple had about 90 days left of cash. They were burning over a billion dollars a year. They were over a billion dollars a year in cash. It was like a a billion three in negative cash flow. So Steve came back and basically took the company at that time was working on 200 products. And then they reduced it down to 10. And then from 10, they reduced it down to one, which was the iPod, which then went off in its history. But within a year, Steve Jobs took that company from basically losing over a billion to netting over $300 million in positive cash flow. Now they laid off people, they restructured the organization, they removed people off board that didn't see it. But now Apple is where it is today because of those movements. And really what he did was said no. And so when you're building your organization, one of the hardest ways to get out of the the current cycle that you're in is is to double down on what you know is gonna get outside of it and say no to things that are not really pushing you that way. And this requires discipline, by the way. So I love this quote. Elud Kupichu, I think is his, how you pronounce his, his last name, was the guy who broke in the, the two-hour marathon, not a two-hour half marathon, which two-hour half marathon is respectable time. He broke a two-hour marathon, which is just absurd, right? Just absurd. And one of my favorite quotes in, in of all times came from him, and he said, only the disciplined ones in life are free. If you are undisciplined, you are a slave to your moods and your passions. I mean, the the quote says it all, but I mean, if you just unpack this for a second, if you want to be free, if you want freedom, you have to have discipline to be freedom. Otherwise, you're just a slave. You're just listening to your moods and your passions. Like I don't really feel like lead generating. Well, how many people show up in the office every day feeling like they want to lead generate? Very few. How many people wake up every morning feeling like they want to exercise? Very few. I exercise every day, 99% of the time for, I don't know, a decade. And every day I still wake up not wanting to exercise. <laughs> Very few times do I wake up. Maybe one out of seven days I wake up going, I can't wait to exercise today, right? And, and like even today I woke up and I'm like, gee, man, I just the last thing I want to do. Yesterday I, I ran outside for like an hour and 10 minutes. And it was two degrees outside and it was freezing and then my hands froze. And I was just like, I don't really want to run outside. And I said, no, I've committed to myself no matter what weather conditions I'm going outside. Just don't, just do it you become disciplined then you get the freedom from being disciplined so in order to start saying no to things you need to add this discipline in your life you know it's funny because we get in the business or 10 to 9 or 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 as an agent in real estate because we want freedom but it's the freedom in business itself that causes people to fail and the freedom it's like you do once you become your own boss you get your own freedom but that freedom he's like i've got freedom but now I don't have a job anymore or a business. Now I need to go get one because I can't be disciplined enough. So if you want the freedom, you need to be disciplined with your time. You need to be disciplined with what you say yes to and what you say no to. I mean, there hasn't really been a, a better time in history, by the way, through um, coronavirus that people have said no to more things because they can't do it, right? So you just the choice was made for you and you go, no, this really isn't that bad. I don't really need to be you know, going out seven days a week distracting myself. In fact, I didn't really even like it. I just felt like I needed to say because everyone else was doing it. Now a whole reset has happened here. And I think that's, that's a powerful place to be able to do is when you become disciplined enough that you, and again, I'm using discipline in the way of, of, of your 20%. So you'd be disciplined in your morning routine and you're hitting your one thing part. And as you become disciplined in there, as you do that, that can then lead to freedom later on in the day, right? So at two or three or four or five, because you spent all your time doing what you need to do, you got your results done. At four or five o'clock, you can have your freedom. Or by the way, I like to look at this as if you're super purposeful with your time and then you, know, you get to Thursday and you want a three-day weekend, You, can, you can, if you're super purposeful, over time, you'll be able to get that ability to have some of that time off because the more disciplined you are, the more disciplined you are with your money, the more money you make, the more you can leverage, the more leverage you can have, the more freedom you get. So you see it's a, it's a process that has to happen. So I always like to ask this question, what do you value, right? And people will say, if I ask everyone here, like, what do you value the most? People say my kids, right? If you have kids or they say, you know, a house or a partner or a family member, or whatever that is. And then I always ask is like, is that really true? And I don't mean that you don't mean that. If something really were to happen, you would be there for them. I'm not saying that. Like you probably, most people probably give their life for their kids in a 2nd not even thinking about it. I'm not judging that side. I'm just trying to see a little bit subconsciously. If you really value them the most, then... Um, I just haven't seen that with most people's actions of what they do with their money and their time. Meaning they say that because it's to an extent from a, like a biological survival standpoint. Yes, that's true. But how you do what you do with your time doesn't really support it. So if you really want to know what somebody values, give me your calendar for the past 30 or 60 days, not what your calendar said you were supposed to do. If somebody walked around with you every minute and tracked it for 30 days, And then they measure every minute, right? Measure your day, minutes, what you actually did during that time. What do you think they would find? Do you think what they find is what you say you really value? And then look at your bank account. Where do you spend your money? Because if you very value your kids and does you having a nicer car, putting you in stress, putting pressure on your business to go perform so you can pay for that, which then you go and you're, you're working to pay for it, which really they want is your time. Is that really the best use of it? And that's for you to decide. I'm just asking the questions so you can orient your life however you want. But when you talk about measuring your day in minutes, you have to decide what do you value? And then you have to hold the line there. And you have to say no based on your values, not your moods or your passions. But what do you value, right? Then what are your non-negotiables, right? These are things that, like for me, exercise is a non-negotiable. I will do it even if I have to get up at two o'clock in the morning, if I'm leaving early, I will, it's just a non-negotiable. I'm traveling. It's just a non-negotiable. It's like the first thing I pack is I forget business clothes and I have my sneakers in there. <laughs> like I just, it's non-negotiables for me. So is it meditation? So is it my morning routine? 99.9% of the time, it's just non-negotiable. What are yours in your life? It's also maybe for non negotiable that you're home four days a week to be with your family for dinner or to, you know, another non-negotiable is I call at least one of my parents at least every other day just to talk to them. At some point, you're not going to be able to. So all of these questions, what you value, what are your non-negotiables, should be orienting about what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to. Because once you're clear about what your non-negotiables are and where your focus goes, the question of saying yes to anything becomes easy. Because you go, what are my non-negotiables Does it fit in there? Nope, can't do it. Can't do it, right? And I actually heard a great quote yesterday on our project you call. Um, one of the project participants said they heard a great quote and it said if somebody's asking you to either contribute to their, their charity or like hey I want to do this social event and you really don't want to do it but you feel like you need to say yes you can just you can literally just say hey you know what right now my 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 answer is no but if things change I'll certainly let you know uh, it I'll or consider consider it to know now and if things change I'll certainly let you know it's just I thought that was a great way of saying it just like consider it to know now if things change then I'll let you know Right, it's just a great way of kind of saying, no, it's not like because people sometimes like to say, well, maybe check back in me two weeks, and then two weeks later you let this hope go on, and all of a sudden it's showing up, and now you have to deal with it. Then we all know what that means, like so. Instead of just dealing with it right then, if you know you don't want to do it, and you know it doesn't fit in your non-negotiables and your standards, you just say, consider it a no right now. If things, if I reconsider, I'll let you know. Period. Just end it. And then you can don't have to worry about the clutter in your head about thinking about all the things you said yes to. Because that does not allow you, by the way, this is also a discipline to have in your life to start saying no to things. It's like the day before you go on vacation, you say no to everything because you feel like you have a badge to say no to everything. So it's like, no, I'm going to vacation. I can't do that. It's like, you almost have a badge to be an asshole. That's almost the way you feel like it, right? Or at least I do, right? That you just like, it's like, you can be not mean or disrespectful, but you can say no because you have an excuse, right? Like almost gives you free permission. What if you just lived every day like that? And this is what you should do by measuring your day in minutes, what that means to you. I can't, it's going to be different for every single one of us on this call. And so I kind of look at my life for my non-negotiables like this way. It's, it's, it's a, it's a work-life integration, not like this linear play of life. Like a lot of people build their life around these boxes of like decades, right? You first, you know, first, you know, K through 12 or K through college, you learn. And then once people learn, they, then they go, they check that box. And they go, now I'm going to go to this work box. And I'm going to work in here for, 20 years or 30 years, and I can't wait to get out of it, and then someday I'm gonna go play, right? And I know there's a little bit in between there, but most people see their lives like this. They see this, I, I work, I learn, and then I check that box over there, and then I work, and man, I just got six more years left in this job, and I get retirements that are gonna pay me 1200 bucks a month, and I'm gonna go play. Well, playing when you're 30 is different than playing when you're 80. Playing when you're 60 is different than playing when you're 90, right? It doesn't matter what the age is, it's different. So I kinda look at my life, and when I realize for how I wanted to live and how I wanted to bring and measure my day. I want to learn work and, and play every day, every single day. And learning and working and playing is going to mean different things, right? The term work has, it's almost negative connotation to it. I don't, I just see it as like a sport almost, right? Work is a wonderful thing. Like it's, it, you, you make making a big impact. You're contributing to the world, right? Learning. So it's like I set up every day that I'm learning, I'm working and I'm playing. Now playing for me could be exercise. if I'm skiing with my kids playing could be, um, you know, playing with my kids though. Like to me, that is not a lot of play to be honest with you. Like playing dinosaurs or Barbies with my kids for more than that 30 minutes is no longer play for me. Right. So play could be different. Maybe going on a date and maybe just going for a walk outside, looking at the things. Or again, for me, I'd much rather be active with my kids and doing that stuff. That's play to me. Play, maybe reading a book, by the way, sometimes work can be exercise. (laughs) So sometimes working is exercise in that context that we're using. And then learning, right? Sometimes learning can be work. Sometimes learning can be intentional about reading a book or a podcast or an article, right? Sometimes writing an article article can be work or play, right? Or learning. So you just, what you're doing is you're bringing conscious thought, willful thoughts into your day. How do I want to live every day so that if this was my last day, which someday it's going to be, at least this time around, it's going to be your last day. Wouldn't you want to learn, work, and play every day instead of living in these decades of boxes of thinking some future time that's going to be better? That's just hope and fear are the same, side, the same coin, just different sides. Fear just is this imagination that brings you down a path that's all these things bad that are going to happen to you. Hope is this imagination of the future that some future events going to be better. Either way, it's taking you out of living life presently. And so you want to, you want to adopt this approach of learning, working, and playing. And as you start to do that, though, you'll see this rhythm in your life. And it becomes, it just becomes an extension. It's just, it just a form. You don't even look at it this way, but you just make sure that these are part of your non-negotiables. And play can be 15 minutes. Work can be 10 hours, right? There's no time limit on these things, okay? That's what I want you to get away from. Don't wait to play. Play today. And play, you define play, you define work, and you define learn. But just make sure you're intentional about it. On all three of these things every single day, if you're measuring your day in minutes. All right. By the way, spending your, measuring your day in minutes, people who spend more, spend their time doing more, uh, doing more profitable work will make more money, obviously, right? That's what I mean about like moving the lineup, saying no to a $100,000 home to say yes to a $400,000 home. People who spend their time investing in others, you obviously building better relationships because you're investing in yourself too. You spend time creating a flexible career, enjoy more freedom, right? People spend more time working on high impact projects and contribute more. It's just measuring your day in these minutes. All right, so how do you start doing this tactically, right? Well, you need to create your schedule, not the schedule that looks sexy, that you show to people. I mean a schedule that you can actually live, right? That you can actually, don't create something that you know you want to get out of. (laughs) People have these lives they've created that they don't even want to live because they're so complicated stop that just create in a schedule that you can that is has habits that last for life like around especially even around diet and exercise if you're not going to work out seven days a week don't try to build a habit around that build a habit around doing it around three days a week and just build a habit around eating healthy two days a week then see where that goes but don't start off with these massive huge goals and trying to align them in there knowing that you're never going to hold on to it yes i can do this for 30 days i'm going to bounce well that you're right back to where you were four days later, or 40 days later. So create habits that are going to last for life. Build a life, build a schedule that you want to live the rest of your life. Start building that, and start and maybe it's not today, but you start with the end in mind. Start slithering that away over and over and over again. It just helps you with the end in mind. Schedule vacations first, right? What does your ideal day look like at the office? Time in, time outs. Fridays, weekends, right? Work in bursts, you'll see in my calendar in a second. Schedule breaks uh, breaks, breaks in you know, thinking and reading time. I remember one of when at some point in your career you may feel like a, you know, you're not really doing much. You can feel like a fraud or an imposture or that you why are people working for you, right? Because you realize at some point that your entire day may just be reading a book or an article or a podcast or outlining a vision or writing one email that it takes all day to do that's passing the vision for you in your organization right, and everyone else that can see it, right? Create themes for your day, maximize your travel, you know, make sure your personal commitments, by the way, are, are on your calendar. And then, you know, end of day, end of week calendar review and planning time so that whether some people I like to do this on Sundays, afternoons, cause I kind of roll into that. Uh, here's an example of, of my, uh, this is actually this week. You can see the where we are right now, Thursday, free webinar. So, One thing you'll see on this right here is that uh, Mondays and Tuesdays are stacked for me. I mean, real, real stacked, as you can see. Uh, I like to have these really stacked because I want to work in these big Monday, Tuesday, and then have freedom Wednesday through Friday. And you can see Mondays are very um, uh, uh, company-specific and and people-specific to our companies, um, I also you notice I work in bursts. Nothing really comes in there before 8:30, except for on Mondays, which is some um, which I'm fine with, which I want to make longer. But 11:30 uh, to 1. By the way, you'll see this every day, Monday through Thursday. Nothing goes in from 11:30 to 1 p.m. That's my free time. That's lunch. I meditate again. I want to make sure I'm eating healthy, I'm just catching up. That's my time. But I can work in bursts before that. And on Tuesdays, I do a lot of coaching with with folks in our organization, or um, I have a few clients outside of that. And then again, it's meetings and company meetings uh, for that. Wednesdays are all uh, creation of content. So this is when I would go on other people's podcasts. You can see I was on different people's podcasts. Um, And then training or leadership goes Wednesday or Thursday, again, free webinars, um, meeting with individuals that are here. And then you'll see from one o'clock on on Thursday, all the way through the rest of the week, nothing goes in there. So one o'clock on Thursday from the rest of the weekend until Monday, it's unstructured. So I would rather front load everything and have two killer days or two and a half really killer days of doing everything focused in there, holding the discipline of what it takes to do that, right? In the in the energy, so I can have freedom the rest of the weekend for it. That's how I I just that's me. That may not be you, but that's how I structure my day, and that's kind of how I want to look at it. And that's the rhythm of the week. Monday, Tuesdays, bam, everything. Wednesdays, all content creation, those things. Thursdays are kind of overflows for the mornings and then one o'clock on, it's free time. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm just hanging out on Friday. I, I most likely could be doing more work on Friday than I did on Monday. It could be that I'm reading or responding to emails or jumping on calls. I just don't want anything fixed in there because there's, there's always stuff that happens Monday through Wednesday that's going to require my time on Thursday or Friday. I just want the flexibility and the freedom to adjust as I need to there. Um, or, or, yeah, maybe sometimes you ski or do stuff with your family, whatever it is. But it's just nothing goes in there. So I have time to think, process, create, um, and, and and then deal with anything that I need to from there. Um, but so you schedule your, your, and then again, that, that Monday through Thursday at 1130 to one, you find your block. And again, this is years of slithering away different components of my calendar. Years. Hallie does an amazing job of working with me. Like, you really need to be in that meeting. No, you don't. Why are you even in it? Because you need to feel significant, right? We A lot of us are in these meetings, which is by meeting Mayhem, um, that uh, we're in these meetings just to feel like we need to be in a meeting. And so if you have a large staff or you have even a decent team um, size, there may be people that can run it without you being there. And you go, I can't do that. And you go, why? It's just, that's a, that's a significance thing. <laughs> Unless you're the one literally running every single meeting right now, which if you're running more, if you're running a lot of meetings per week and you're the only one running them, and you only have four or five people, you probably have too many meetings. They probably don't need to hear from you that much. So either way, you're probably looking at it. If you're in meetings, because you need to be in different groups or divisions or companies that you have, you probably don't need to be in all of them. You should never be in strategy meetings. You should always be in decision-making meetings. And if you can't be there yet, That's what you should kind of work towards. So again, my calendar always, you know, when I first started, like a lot of it, it was seven days a week, 12 hours a day. For three years, my calendar looked like that. It just, I worked nonstop. Then you just start using money to get leverage. You start slithering away things. You have more freedom to do, um, to incorporate things where you can make the biggest difference. So what I want you to do for meetings, by the way, is for the next couple of weeks, maybe you start this after the new year's, cut all of your meetings down by 50%. I'm always looking to cut meetings down. Because meetings have like this 30 minutes or an hour. It's like, did somebody request 30 minutes, they take the time to evaluate that they actually need 30 minutes of your time? Really, because I'd love to see that memo, right? No, it's like you talk a little about it, and so why don't schedule one for 10 minutes or six minutes? Or like, hey, I only want to talk for three minutes. A lot of times it's all it needs. You don't need to have these 30 minutes. They can pile up six five-minute phone calls in 30 minutes. (laughs) That's maximizing your time. Then again, are you in a meeting just to be in a meeting to feel significant? Or do you really need, actually need to be in it? Again, you should be only as a leader, you should only be in decision-making meetings and then cut them down to 15 to 30 minutes or less. The meetings will suck your time. They'll suck your energy of your teams. Like Sometimes leaders think they need to have these meetings to show value to the team or you're actually distracting your team. You really don't need more than one meeting per week. If you need more than one meeting per week with, one, with the same people, I would really evaluate that. I'd really love to hear what you're doing differently unless you're creating a product that is, has that is iterations on it, I don't know, um, or, or, or something along those lines. But most of us, we don't need to meet with more people than more than once a week, that conversation. All right, so again, no matter where you are and what you're doing, I love this quote, most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And that is because, that is because if you start making your orientation of your time in minutes, by the way, you should orientate your life in terms of measuring your day in dollars, too. That's a different conversation. But orientation, measuring your day in minutes, I think one of the most important things you can do is you start gaining time. Within as you gain time, you can then allocate your time into what's going to make the biggest impact for you, for you, your family, and your organization. And then you have to decide that. But until you decide that, you need to have the discipline to do it. So stop, it, stop being in the same hamster role, the same pattern, Get outside that and start putting some of these tactical things into play. What would it look like if I eliminated 50% of my meetings next week? How much time would I have back? Great. Do that. See if you, you can always add them back. That's the thing. Just go two weeks out doing them, and just, just start slithering away these things so you can be very focused for a period of time. And for a day, or two days, or, or a couple hours a day, so that 20% of your time is boosting 80% of your results, and then condense that down to a couple days so then you can have the freedom that you're actually looking for.
0: Hey everybody. Thanks for listening today. You know that time will always be a challenge, but you can become more disciplined and focused in how you spend that time. All of us here at Adam Hergenrother Companies make use of a daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly planner we call our execution plan. To grab a template of this planner to help focus your goals and start maximizing your time, go to founderenforcemultiplier.com slash execution dash plan to download it for free. And again, that's founderenforcemultiplier.com slash execution dash plan. Have a wonderful day.